Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Okay, and it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. This one is going to be absolutely hilarious. I'm going to warn everybody before we start. I have two guests here and they are as mischievous as anything to the point that I actually had to be very forthright and say, I'm hitting the go button now, girls. Um, and even now they're laughing at me. There will be a lot of interruptions because we're not using Skype today. We're using a program that I use called Zencaster. Now, I can't see this pair. I can only hear them laughing in the background. So if we talk over each other, interrupt each other, please be patient. Um, Uh, We certainly have a lot to talk about today, and I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. So welcome to Rider on the Road. I'd like to introduce two of the most beautiful people in the world, Tracy Peterson and Joanne Dannon. We've had Joanne on the podcast before, and we know how enthusiastic she is and what a fantastic supporter she is of uh, indie writing and indie publishing and the business of writing. Tracy, I'm learning things about that we're going to discuss in the podcast, <laughs> but she is a little mischievous monkey and she's going to make us laugh, I'm sure, and she's going to tell us all about her alter ego. So I'd like to, first of all, introduce Joanne. How are you going there, my dear? Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. And Tracy. I am awesome. Thank you for yeah. including me today. She is awesome. <laughs> in so many ways. Right. Now, this pair know each other, everybody. They live around the block from each other. They they bounce off each other and have been for a very long time. They're both very talented ladies and they're both prolific writers and businesswomen. So if you find me sitting back and just keeping very quiet, it's because these pair are <laughs> running the show, which I'm guessing is going to happen because they know more about this stuff than I do. But our topic for today is writing short. Uh, writing novellas and the reason we're having this conversation is because somehow I found myself corralled into or I put my hand up or I volunteered or these guys um, convinced me that it was a great idea to write a novella in a very short period of time. I learned so very, very much. I had so much fun. I'm actually going to keep writing novellas for Happily Ever After because they fit very nicely with my lifestyle. It's something that I can do that I love and I don't have to have the concentration span to get through a whole novel. So first of all, I guess, ladies, you are novella experts, so I'm going to throw over to you to tell us how to do it. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'm not a novella expert. No, I'm not either. My my first one was specifically written as a free book for my website, so I made an effort to um, pick something that would go with the series I was writing um, but was a little bit shorter, so it didn't take me quite so long to get it ready. And then the second one was for the box set that you were just talking about where you wrote yours in a weekend, I think, Mel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have written two, um, and I do write short, short stories as an alter ego, but I'm not sure I'm an expert on the novella. <laughs> and Joanne? Uh, generally, my books are 50,000 words. That's what I'm used to. And then I was in a box set where they wanted 35,000 words. So I was able to shorten it down and then into some other box sets where we've been writing 20,000, which is more the novella style. 
and uh, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it. I think I prefer the 50,000 because you can really just dig deeper. But when you're doing a box set and you've got lots of authors, I think a novella is nice, especially uh, we've been doing something for the holidays. So happy holidays. And those sort of feel-good romances are really nice to read um, over Christmas. So the short, I think, work well. Yeah, and I found in my experience, and it's why I've put this uh, short, I guess, uh, podcast together today, because I wanted to introduce uh, everyone who's listening to the idea of the level of expertise that's needed to write short. When you're writing longer works, you have a little bit more time to develop your characters, you have a little bit more time to play with your setting and your subplots. When you're writing short, I found very much that I had to strip that story back to nothing and rebuild it with a very, very tight focus. Is that your experience, guys? Definitely, definitely. I found it really hard, actually, and I'm same as Joanne, I write 50,000 words around about, and it was really hard to pare that down and the first one I wrote the reviews I have are that parts of it are quite rushed and I was like yep that's spot on that's exactly how I felt when I was writing it yeah I think for me um with the novella it's the same amount of work in well for me because I'm a plotter in getting that 20,000 words as it is for 50,000 words so actually Tracy and I were talking about this on Facebook this morning when I write my book I get my hero and heroine totally above I sort of know I know exactly what they are who they are what drives them what's their fears um, their goal motivation and conflict what's keeping them together what's keeping them apart so you've got all that amount of work which can take me one to two weeks to nut out and then instead of writing a 50,000 word book I'm only doing 20,000 so for me it's actually you know it's still the same amount of work but it is actually really hard because you've got limited words but the thing is you still want the reader to enjoy reading what you're writing not sit there and go oh you know there's just not enough depth to this yeah and I think I guess that's the interesting part and it's it's a skill I'm sure to do to be a good novella writer is a skill and I came into this very late and I kept the journal as I was writing this thing and the work and the changes that I've made since. And one of the things that I wrote down uh, in my early part was get yourself a title and get yourself a cover early because that creates the picture of the novel. Yeah, it depends, I guess, how you write. For me, I already knew what my hero and heroine looked like. I knew the setting and I had a rough idea of what the um, how it was going to happen the thing is is that with a romance you're really going through again what's keeping them together what's keeping them apart and you don't have a lot of time to do that with your 20,000 words and to have a story um, the other thing is it's more of a snapshot of their relationship so in a 50,000 word book you've got more time to go through they can spend a lot more time together and end up with their happily ever after at the end of it Whereas in the novella, because it's really a snapshot, it's, there's not enough time for them to go on lengthy dates and spend time together. You sort of get to a point where they realise that they've fallen in love and you know that there's going to be a happily ever after, but you don't see that yet because if you did, it'd be a 50,000-word book. <laughs> yeah, and I guess um, as, as we're talking about that, it's that, that effort of plotting uh, and creating that very, very tight story and I think you could, I guess, continue some of these stories and turn them into a full-length novel, 
I ended up writing three novellas. So I've got my little box set of three mm. that came out, which I thought was a very interesting exercise because I could write or draft one each weekend. So I've got my three women going on their journeys to wherever they go in the outback and I created a story for each of the three of them and then I had to go back and create the links between the three of them. But what I found the most exciting was I had their personalities right from that opening I guess, prologue to the three novels, the three women turned out very, very differently because I already knew the story from the first first novella that I wrote. So it was very easy to create those other characters mm. and keep their conflicts yeah. very similar. Yeah. Have either of you gone on to, to write a series of novellas? Uh, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've, uh, my, other, my pen name is Short Stories. It's not novellas, so it's a little bit different. Um, but both my novellas did uh, hook into the same series, so I had a little bit of a head start. I don't do as much um, background as Joanne does because I'd be sick of it after two weeks. I wouldn't bother to write the book. <laughs> um, but she knows the backstory and why her character feels the way he do does. I don't have any of that. I just do an outline. Um, it takes me no more than a day. I do an outline. I write basically choose a flaw for the two of them, a few little bits about them, but I let it come as I write. So... Um, I haven't done the series, but the, the first one I wrote was, as I say, tacked on to my series, specifically to be given away. And then this last one is book five of the same series. So I kind of, um, again, had a bit of an easy run. I could tie up a few loose ends or introduce just a, a small little bit of new plotting um, and then tie that up. So I, I'm not sure that I would write novellas. I prefer to read um, longer books and I think that's where probably I'll stick with because that's what I like to read. And I have tried to write um, what I like to read so that um, I... We, Joanne and I were talking about this the other day over breakfast that we we start to proofread our own book and we get um, half an hour, 45 minutes later, we're actually reading it, not proofreading it anymore. <laughs> I'm going, wow, this is pretty good. I quite like this book. Oh, I yeah, wrote I can't it. Believe I, yeah, I can't believe I wrote it. It's actually all right. <laughs> so I do prefer a longer book. I, I do get engrossed in reading um, and I, I think that's where I'll stick. But I also love to be part of a box set. Anything where it's collaborating with other writers, I love it. And I think probably that's where the novellas will pop up in the future. I think that's the same thing I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to write standalone novellas. I, um, I did like doing the box set and I wouldn't mind doing it again for Christmas 2017. It's been fun. Mm. Um, I mean, in the back of my mind with my Christmas book that's going in this box set, the hero has got a sister and she could have her own story and maybe I'll do it next, you know, next year or I may not or I may even do a 50,000 word. But at the moment I sort of wrote it and it's, it's complete and I think it's sort of move on. I've got so many other stories bursting out of my head that I may just leave it. But I think the um, I think novellas work really well, whether it be for a Mother's Day set or Valentine's or just something. I think those quick reads where you've got a theme is really nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and and in my research, because uh, I'm putting together a little course on this because I'm just fascinated by it, mm. it, it would appear that the different lengths have different names. So from my research, I found out a short story can be up to 5,000 words. Then they have a novelette, which um, yes. is a word I'd never heard of, which was up to about ten to 12,000 um, words. Your novellas kick in from that 15,000 word mark through to 35,000 words, words, and then it becomes a novel. Yep. So it would appear that there is a writing, I guess, length 
for all of us and they've all got names, but I should imagine that the same skills come into whatever length of writing that we choose. Um, it's just the title that changes. Yeah, and that's true. And that's the thing. When I was doing my novella for Christmas, because it was my first one, uh, I did when I did a bit of research, had a chat with some writing friends, and I found out that everything that I do for my current 50,000 books Word, sorry, my 50,000 word books, has to be the same in 20,000. And that's actually really hard. So you've still got the couple coming in with their conflicts, goal motivation conflict. They've still got to have issues that they've got to resolve together. There's still got to be a black moment where the reader thinks these two are never going to end up together. And then it's got to be resolved. But you've got to do it really, really quickly. And that's really hard. So I really admire those writers who are able to do this so well because it's not easy to do. But I still really enjoyed the challenge of it. Yeah, and I, and I think it's the fun. Oh, sorry, go. No, right. I was just going to say, if you read um, a lot of those short stories, I think it makes oh. you better able to write them. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm reading tons and tons. Um, it's just not so much in normal fiction it, or romance. It's not so much there. A lot of um, the erotic fiction, erotic romance, a lot of those are very short and some of them are spectacularly good and they're only mm. 5,000 words, which is wow. blows my mind. They're a whole story and it's backstory and everything. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think a lot of the early stuff that I wrote, oh, sorry, read back in the very early days and I notice they're still in news agencies, they're things like My Weekly and the little people's friends stories. I guess in places like England, they've been popular for a very, very long time. Uh, and for them to come back into fashion is really exciting. And I know the market is really growing for for shorter fiction novellas. And I forget, there was one of one famous writer, I um, can't remember who it was, uh, James Patterson or someone who's introducing bite-sized yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, they're good when you're like, you know, I used to catch a train into work. So I think that they're perfect you know, they're easier to read, whether it be on your Kindle or phone or something like that. Those little bite-sized reads, they're great. Yeah, and I'm finding as a writer and as a very, very busy, out-of-control businesswoman, mm -hmm. mother and teacher <laughs> that trying to get time to work on my bigger novel, um, which I call my real work, um, and these, these things, because they're literary fiction, take years to pull together. I'm working on a timber cutter's daughter thing up in... Um, the rainforest of the Atherton Tablelands and I can only do bits and pieces of that because I need to really sink into it deeply and you can't do that when you're working full-time you can't do that when you've got kids and you certainly can't do it when you're podcasting and I found that writing those novellas I could take myself out in the backyard for a weekend and I could draft something out and Joanna I, oh, Joanne, I blame you a bit for this totally I've got this wonderful program with my iPad Pro called Scrivener for my iOS. I was very excited to get it. And I put this story in Scrivener so I could jump around from chapter. I could write my beginning. I could write my ending. I could write a bit in the middle. Then I could go back and colour in the corners. Um, and then Joanne told me I had to take it out of Scrivener and put it in a Word document. And I went, oh, now it's hard. And now I'm actually struggling because I can't jump around and play like I was. Uh, but for the second two novels, I just went back to Scrivener. I cheated because that'll format it for me into EPUB and Myo, which I need to upload them. And I thought, this is a really good, I guess, good strategy for time-poor authors who are having very busy lives. And they're a very good strategy for time-poor readers who just want to jump in and, and have a quick story and move on with things. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, having said that, I really resent paying for them on Amazon. 
<laughs> I, I really can't pay $2.99 for a book that's 24 pages. To me, that's a pamphlet. So that's my only, my only reservation with really short stuff is that. But you know what? People are paying for it. So who am I to say? But it, I would Yeah, I agree. It. I just think that that's, <laughs> unless they're together, like we're putting our box set together. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that's, you know, and I think that that's different because you're getting, you know, eight <clears throat> bite-sized reads. Yep. That's okay. But for one, I think that's a little bit pricey on the pricey side yeah it's just I have a personal bee in my bonnet about that and yeah. I um <laughs> I'm trying to spread that to everybody else stop paying three dollars for see, stuff yeah before I mean that I guess that's your choice um as a reader when you you can see how long the book goes for yeah so you got that option well to... and I had a friend who didn't realize that and she buys a lot on Amazon ah. she said, I didn't even know you could look at the pages so I mean look at that from now on because I've bought a few things they were so short I was like yep right here this is where you check it <laughs> But not only just the page length, but also you can see where they're sitting because there was one book I was looking at and it was coming up in short stories. I went, what? And I went back and had a look and it was like 29 pages, which I thought was outrageous. Yeah. So you can see where it is, um, you know, because it comes up in the Amazon with their three top, um, what's it called? You know, on the side, the left-hand side, it tells you where they sit. And so you can see where it has like short reads and that's where this book was sitting. So that also is another indication that it's a short read. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to um, start fighting with this pee here because yeah. I awesome. strongly think, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've got the wrong button, I've got the red button so I can. Okay. Uh, yep. I, sh- I strongly think that any piece of writing that is crafted and time is spent on it is certainly deserving of a, of a couple of dollars of our money. And I, I strongly think that whether it be a short story, a novella or a novel, uh, paying out a few dollars for entertainment is exactly the same as any other entertainment. Now, we rightly so. We'll go to a coffee shop and we'll pay you know, $10 for a cup of coffee and a sandwich, but we won't pay a couple of dollars for something that someone has spent a month, two months working yeah, on. Yeah, but that's so also a bigger story. Oh, sorry, Trace. Sorry, yeah, but that's the biggest story. I mean, the thing is is that you can get so many books for free now and um, readers now have the expectations that they don't want to pay. Like I've had that with um, someone who only wanted my book for free and I just refused to give that to them. I said, it's two ninety nine. That's 50000 You know, it's got a professional cover. It's been edited professionally and, and formatted and you don't want to pay two ninety nine for it. It's just I don't know. There's also that expectation of readers well, now of what they're prepared to I've pay. I had this conversation with a very who's becoming a very dear friend of mine, and he's been on the podcast now a couple of times. Uh, Kevin Tumlinson, and he's off around America in his RV, and he's now marketing manager for mm-hmm. Draft to Digital. And both he and I are very very excited about this writing shorter market. There's a fellow by the name of Dean Wesley Smith. And he's actually done a monetary breakdown of how you can build a writing career by writing short. And I'll find that I'll find the link to that. Uh, mm. I guess that article of his, and I'll put it on the end of our podcast. Oh, sorry, on the end of our transcript notes. Because what it is is Kevin wrote a story a day for a week, or or a story a week for a month, whatever, on his website. And it was a really great way for him to build his mailing list. It was a really great way for him to. Uh, interact mm. with his his followers 
and they were asking for more. They wanted more of his short stories. Now, Kevin can write 5,000 words a day, so he, he was churning these things out. And when I told him, when I was speaking to him about Drafted Digital, I said, I've, I've um, drafted these three novellas and I'm really excited because it fits my style of writing at the moment. And I, I see so much potential for it. He sent me this um, Ben Wesley Smith thing and I thought, yeah, the breakdown of it and over a period of years you can actually make a living writing short and it takes time to build it up. You have to have your backlog mm -hmm. of stories and you have to have, I guess, that, um, that time frame to build up your business. But it, it certainly is doable. Now, that wouldn't have been the case five years ago. Everyone was writing novel length and, you know, working very hard at it. But this is just one more option to throw into the mix, which I think is really, really exciting and, and gives people that other option of, of getting their work out there and, and trying new markets. Um, and I think the, the people with expectations of um, getting stuff for free, I think that's changing a little bit now as, as I guess, Kindle, Kindle reading and everything is becoming more acceptable. If you get a following, they won't, they won't mind paying money for what you write. Oh, that's true. And I, I just had someone go and buy all of my yeah, books. She read one and she bought everything else, which was great. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got a bit of a cough, so I'm sorry if I'm coughing Yay. every so often. Um, but as you're saying there, that those aren't stories. If you're writing 5,000 words in a day and I write short stories, I can write an 8,000 one in a day. And my books, my other books, are three of them together. So I write them in three days. That's not a month's work. So I just think meh <laughs> and, and I'm I'm also very cheap is the other thing I live quite a frugal existence um, traveling overseas for two years has done that to me so I have a different mindset to most people but my friends don't have that mindset they see a book say two ninety nine in the US store is a three ninety nine book in Australia and they go oh four bucks that's great give it to me and they'll buy ten so um, <coughs> it's I think just different people's perceptions of of what they're getting for their money. But I know that a 7,000 word yeah. thing that costs $3 or $4 in Australia was not written in a month. It, I've, I follow a lady who puts one out like every week and they're great, but they're only 99 cents. So, Yeah, and 99 cents is, is a price point as well. Dean Wesley Smith puts out a magazine called Smith's Monthly. So he puts his stories into that and people subscribe to his magazine, I believe. And he's been doing that for a very long time and he's built up quite a backlog of stories and he makes, as I said, a reasonable living out of that. But he also publishes big stuff as well. And I think I think as authors, and this is why I've put this podcast together and why I'm putting the course together, it is a fantastic strategy for getting your work out there, getting yourself known and, and building up that loyal following or, or the email list or whatever it is that we need to do. Because if people like your stuff, they won't care what you write. And I made a list of people who actually use novellas as a strategy or as a way of um, engaging with their readers. Trouble is, I've written them. I've written JP and KT, and I've got no idea what they stand for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing one is Joanna Penn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Joanna Penn would be one, yeah, but KT, so if anyone yeah. can think of what KT stands for, they use novellas as a strategy, but I'm just not quite sure who it is. <laughs> so when you're saying strategy, you're saying you offer the, uh, your readers a free sample of your writing. I have to say, though, the one thing that really 
irks me is that when you oh. get these novellas and they end on a cliffhanger to force you to buy the main book and I can think of two Australian writers who've done that and it actually really annoyed me because you started to get involved and then it ends and it's like, okay, now go go pay, you know, the $10 for this book. I'm like, no, that's not how it, that's not how it works. Give me something to see if I like your, rate, you know, your writing and then I'll buy something else. But I don't like that they end and um, it's done as a strategy but it's not a strategy that I'll be using. I don't like that. So my books are... Yeah, short, but they end, they've got a happily ever after, and then they have a choice if they want to go and buy something after yeah. at a later stage or they're just happy with that book. Hopefully they'll go and buy some more. But I, I really hate cliffhangers. It's really one of my yeah, pet peeves. I agree, totally agree. I would never write authors. a cliffhanger. Never, 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 never. <laughs> um, and yeah. I see a lot of reviews that specifically say, like thousands of them, um, I love this book. The writing was great. It's a cliffhanger. I will not buy anything else from this from this writer, which is Yep, I did that. I bought. I read this book. It was a romantic suspense. It was brilliant. The book was fantastic. <laughs> I thought this is a new author. I'm going to read all her books. Two pages from the ending, the hero just walks out and we don't know why. I swear I almost threw my Kindle at the wall. I was so angry and I went and had a look and I checked out all the one-star reviews and it was all the same thing. Love the book. Yeah. How dare she have done a cliffhanger and not pre She's a strategy as well. So, People yeah. are entitled to use it, not but good. not one that I'm going to use. But you know what? When, you, when you're not up front with your readers, well, do you know what I mean? Like I had that book in my book club. Everyone said the same <laughs> thing and all refused to read any more of her books. So, and they all thought the book was brilliant until that ending. So I think if you're going to have a cliffhanger, and I have seen um, uh, really good writers like Lynn Ray Harris, she actually puts at the top, it does end on a cliffhanger, gives her reasons why. At least you know you have that yep. choice before you buy the book that it's going to end on a cliffhanger. But to not warn yep. your readers I think is just <laughs> rude. I was sitting back. I said that I would do that. I said I would... Yeah, because well, I think I'm always Tracy right and I agree on most Yeah. Now, I did say that this was going to happen, that I would sit back and I would just listen and laugh as these guys went off. Um, one thing I've learned very early in the piece is that we never, ever yes. cross Joanne because she's a very strong woman with very strong opinions. <laughs> and and we listen to her and we, we admire everything that you do, Joanne. Uh, <laughs> No, but I'm also happy to hear other people's opinions. Well, as, I am as open you to other people's uh, opinions. Um, bickering happily away there. I've gone on to the website of D Dean Wesley Smith, and he's got a year. He's written the year of writing short, mm. and his plan is to write 120 stories. I'm believing from July to 30th of June next year. And what he does is he bundles them up by the look of it. And I'm just thinking, as a strategy, I. I can't help seeing that it's got some wonderful, wonderful potential. And he does have some stuff up there called Killing the Top Ten Sacred Cows of Publishing. And I think writing short may just happen to be one of them. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I have no so issue with bundling. If he bundles it, I'm totally for it. I don't oh, have yeah. an issue. I put a whole heap of short stories together and that's what I do with my pen name. Yeah. But I just would never release them separately. That's all. Yeah. He also writes sci-fi, yeah, which is yeah. a little bit different the, as well. The, the reader, Mark. I think for, I'm just saying that maybe I'm happy for people not to, yeah, I just think also your market's different as well for, 
you know, with erotica, I think you can get away with those sh shorter novels. I think with just general contemporary no. romance, but there's also a, a lot of competition. Harder. I'm not saying it so can't be done. I'm just saying it's a little bit millions harder. of books out there, and there are. It feels like it. Yep. Um, you have to avoid the things that readers don't like. Yep. You have to avoid the cliffhangers. You have to avoid it being too short. You have to avoid um, your heroine being an idiot or whatever other things people don't like. You have to avoid them and you have to write to um, yep. a little bit more to what people expect. Okay. Well, I'm just going to... Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think I'm giving them a satisfied read. Yep. Now. I'm going to talk about the nitty-gritty mm. of writing a novella. Uh, I, I'm going to bring in the things that... I found when I was writing this thing in a weekend, and again, it was only the first draft. I've been playing with it ever since, and it's getting worse every day. Uh, I started, it was it was the panic that I felt, the questions that I had. Um, as I said, getting the title out, getting the cover out, I've covered that. But it was very, very interesting. The one thing that I found that really gave me hope, because I write character, that's what I'm interested in the most. Without characters... You don't have a story. So what I did was I set my characters and then gave them far more trouble than they actually wanted to have. But you <laughs> need to keep your characters, um, you know, to you need to limit them. There's only really the two characters in my novel with a couple of others that are sort of hanging around the peripheral. You need to keep it tight. Would that be Would that be one of the best things? But that's what the romance is. Oh, sorry, just dropping in and out there. But the thing is with the romance, and that's one of the things, the key points that I got from the Michael Haig, um, uh, was it the one-day seminar that I did at the Romance Writers of Australia conference, was that the journey is the hero and heroine. That's, that's the point of the book. Them coming together, their journey, that's the book. So you're really just focusing on the hero and heroine. If you're not doing that, then it's not a romance. So if you're having lots of other subplots and things, and yes, they may get to the hero and heroine may end up together, they may fall in love, but then that's not a romance and that's women's fiction with some romance themes in it. So what you did was right. We, we wanted romantic novellas and you just focusing, Mel, on just your hero and heroine and focusing on the characters and their development is what you did everything right. That's what the romance is. That's what the readers expect. They don't want subplots and and um, your heroine just spending the whole time talking with her friends. They want the hero and heroine together. They want to see them change and develop and help each other and lead to that happily yeah, ever and the after other, at, the, I guess at the end on of the that book. that same note, hero and heroine, writing, it came up immediately mm. with me, writing in third person or first person. I personally hate first person, and if a book's written in first person, I won't read it. Um, so that's and I know first person is mm. extremely popular I know all my kids at school won't read it unless it's in first person so that's a personal choice thing uh, writing yeah. in the third person I didn't know whether to swap from her point of view to his point of view and back again I personally I'll like you that zone, this Tracy. time Tracy I'm just talking over you the whole time uh, thanks. I think um, with romance, I reckon that uh, third person works best because you get to hear his point of view. In the early romances, and I'm talking pre-1980s, it was always in the heroine's point of view. We never got to see what the hero was thinking. And I think now you get to fall in love with the hero a little bit more because you get to see him and his thoughts and you get inside his head 
and I think that that makes it even better. When you're writing in first person, it's only in the heroine, unless there are some skilled writers who I've seen this done and it was actually done really well, where it was first person for the heroine and third person for the hero. But generally, when in first person, it's just in one person's point of view. So you don't get to see the others. And I think with romance, you want to be that you what you want is for the reader to become the heroine and for them to fall in love with the hero. And third person, in my opinion, works yep. best for that. Um, it's definitely that a thing I have person. to think really hard when I write in first person how to show certain things and how would this character know that because we can't go to that scene. We can't do any of that <laughs> because she's not there and she's telling the story. So it, it definitely takes yep. a little bit more thought to think about it. I have read a book and actually it was a series of five or something and I read them all for once. And in the middle of about the second book maybe, it actually was an e-book. It actually said, hello, ladies, this is whatever the hero's name was, Tristan or someone. This is Tristan. I know that um, up to this point you haven't heard from me, but this is what I'm thinking. And it was like a little interlude in the middle. It was really good. It could have been really crap, but it was really <laughs> good. And it made me laugh um, yeah. to myself yeah. and think, wow, that's awesome. But it said how he loved her from as soon as he saw her and this happened and that happened and this is where, okay, now back to your regular story. And, and it went back to the book. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was a New York Times. I think only a skilled writer person, could get away with something yeah, I enjoyed like it. that. I, I haven't seen it anywhere yeah, since. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, and that um, allows me to dovetail very yeah. nicely into um, getting inside the heroine's head, getting inside the hero's head. Now, anyone who's been following anything I do and say at the moment knows I'm in total shock and uh, horror about what goes on behind the bedroom doors in romance novels <laughs> nowadays. So when I was writing my little novella, my heroine and hero kept having naughty thoughts and I'm going, my daughter's going to edit this for me. I can't write this stuff. Um, but it really brought to the foreground what is acceptable in romance fiction nowadays. Now, this is moving beyond novellas to all kinds of romance fiction, but I found out that one of us in this group today has an alter ego um, <laughs> called Lola. So I want Lola to answer Lola. this question. How far are we allowed to go with our novellas and at what stage do we go, oh, I can't let my daughter read this? Uh, well, I don't believe my daughters have read Lola. Uh, one of them did attempt, but she was so disgusted she put it aside, which made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, and I have to tell you, probably Joanne is better placed to answer that question, even though I'm going to give it a go, because she really does. You've heard her speak. She really knows um, all of the genres. She knows the tropes and what's acceptable and what makes it a romance. And I just kind of wing it. <laughs> I decide, is, is this a clean one? Okay, it's clean. This is where we're going. I've outlined it uh, to hell with the details and I just write it. Whereas uh, she's really into all of those things. She's quite analytical, which is um, a skill that I don't really have when it comes to writing. Um, but I think for, then there are definitely different levels of heat. Um, you might have seen them, like they say, Three Flames or there's some, some book categories that go by that. Um, I only can, it appears I can write clean romance where they have a kiss and go upstairs and shut the door and come down the next morning or I pretty much write porn, <laughs> which is what Lola is. I don't have any in between. I haven't managed to master um, those sex scenes that don't degenerate into all of the dirty things that <laughs> you two probably don't want to read. <laughs> 
But the thing is, it just depends on your characters and where they are and also That's where you scary. are as your headset. So the thing is, is that my characters, yeah, I'm just saying with my characters, there's no way that he's going to sort of come around, basically force himself and say on, on the heroine and, you know, get dirty <laughs> and say, you know, take this baby and, and really sort of, you know, we're going down X-rated here. That no, just doesn't happen because he's just not like that. So it's really – it's your character. But that's the thing with your characters. Your characters are driving the story. And just as a side issue, I remember reading a book that was actually beautiful. It was quite sweet and really nice. Then I had a bedroom scene and it was really – it was kind of X-rated, bordering on porn, and it didn't fit in with the story. It was like someone else had written the, the bedroom scene and it didn't work because I didn't end up liking the story because the story when they weren't in the bedroom – was great and had a really nice flow to it but they were getting really dirty in the bedroom and that doesn't work if it doesn't match the rest of the story yeah. the thing is is that your love making scenes need to match the story and it's another scene if it's not driving the yeah. and it story does. forward then yeah. it needs to go no, no, even with right. erotic romance the words even with use, Lola, you use Lola's certain books. words for certain it's, appendages it, yeah. depending on how dirty the book is and and it and I have researched yep. that, and that was one thing I Correct. did pay attention to because it does take the reader out of the story if you're you're calling it something that doesn't go with the rest of the book. So, yep, a lot more swearing. It's Correct. A lot There's more a bit more hardcore. swearing as well. Um, all the bad yep. things are allowed. But I, so I write mine three Correct. short stories so far, bundled up. Um, and the other thing is the reason they're so fast to write is because you don't need to worry about plot and characterization. They pretty much meet on the first page. Mine are a lot of strangers doing the do. <laughs> um, even I'm embarrassed to tell you that. It's so funny. Um, but they just did come naturally. <laughs> I don't even know where they came from. I can sit down and write one in a day and I don't, couldn't even tell you how. With zero, I, I write a little bit of a, okay, this is what's happening. This is where they are. This is how it's going to end. And it just comes out. I don't know how. <laughs> but, um, yeah. They, they meet on the first or second page. Dirty mind of it's yours. It's not long before the deed is done. And I do like to finish yep. off with like a little quip or, or a bit of a twist. And that's how I write my clean romances as well. I like a twist. So something unexpected or uh, something like that. But yeah, um, in erotic in erotica, there is no limit. Well, there are some limits, but those are things that are outside what's socially acceptable anyway. So there are some limits. There are some things that Amazon won't publish. Um, things I learned about and nearly fell off the bed mm. in shock one day when I sat in on an erotica webinar. Uh, it was scary. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to jump in here because I have just been laughing my head off in the background. I am getting an education <laughs> hand over fist, everybody, and I haven't hit the red button, so everyone should be very proud of me. But I'm writing a little note here, uh, an erotica webinar. <laughs> now, the mind boggles um, about that. <laughs> Oh, I can only imagine. I know some erotic romance writers who get together and are drawing stick figures on how things are going to happen, especially with their three-way with, with their, you know, two guys and one there. girl or That's something. That's called storyboarding. Storyboard your erotic, erotic novels. Um, it opens up the mind. We were talking about manga romance novels as well. I guess for the old manga um, cartoon followers, I suppose manga erotica does... <laughs> 
make the mind boggle as well. I'm sorry, I'm trying here to keep this serious. It's very scary. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, what, so what they said on the webinar, it was it was obviously selling something, oh a package that helped you write erotica. It helped you have ideas and character names, which I don't need any of that. I'm full. I'm totally full of it. I can think those things up in two seconds. Um, but the <clears> information was great. So it was basically. If you're writing a book where the woman orders pizza and her and the pizza boy go at it, you better start that book with him pulling into the driveway. So there's no character build-up. She said erotica readers don't care about any of that. They just want you to get to the good stuff. Um, and I've read reviews which said, oh, this was a great book, but tw it was 20 pages before the action started. So um, that was interesting. Um, and it's all about them doing the do. It's not about anything else, no matter how short or how long you make it. Um, she gave a thesaurus of all the words that you could use, which um, has come in quite handy but does make us laugh. My husband and I, I shouldn't tell you this, but we had a few weeks where we would um, use one of those words in like every sentence. <laughs> so I'm, I'm obviously not going to go into them. This is probably PG, but off the list we would, yeah, suddenly say something and we, the two of us falling around laughing. So I've treated the erotica side as a bit of a a bit of fun it's not my normal genre I have I've been a very big prude in the past before the last couple of years so it's surprising that I'm writing it um but even my pen name Lola is my name that my grandson calls me <laughs> so that's my grandma name and Jamison was the first street that I remember <laughs> living on so we went to the online pen name Hilarious. generator and that's how we came up with that so um Ran it past my beta readers. We all had a laugh about it. Brilliant. What all of their uh, dirty names would be. Um, so we made it a bit of fun, and that's um, pretty much oh, how look, I'm I've got to. I've got to jump in again. What do you mean there are erotic fiction beta readers? <laughs> oh my! Oh well, this leads me to the next thing. Okay, this is something that I've been astounded by. So reading erotica, and if you've been on Amazon, you probably don't. If you haven't come across it, you probably don't even know it's there. There's some. Um, serious, serious erotica box sets, uh, stepbrother, the whole bit, and it's really dirty. And it's 99 cents, like 10 books. So I, I read those last year, like probably 50 of them, just just to get a feel for story. I'm not much of a researcher, but I read a lot to get a feel for how things turn out. And um, yeah, there's some scary, scary things out there. But I started a Facebook group for Lola, with the help of my lovely assistant, because I'm still a little bit scared of it all. And um, there's 80 people in that group. And I sent a list out to my own friends and said, hey, this is a one-off. I've kind of kept this pen name a secret. This is your only chance to be invited to this group and we'll never talk about it again. <laughs> and people you would never expect have private messaged me. Oh, I read erotica. Put me in the group. 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 There's like 80 people in there. And I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. I would have had zero idea that some of these people were interested in reading that. And I think with Kindles now, everybody can read anything and nobody knows what you're reading. And, and no one really cares. I guess Fifty Shades of Grey started all of that, but that's tame compared to what poor old Lola writes. <laughs> I, look, I've got to, I, I don't even know how to take control back of this podcast. Remember, for anyone who's listening out there still and hasn't hung up on us, it is, 
It is a novella <laughs> writing, um, writing short, and I have called the the title of this podcast is The Perils, Pitfalls and Pleasures of Writing Short. <laughs> so I guess we're, I'm not sure whether we're talking about pitfalls or pleasures here, uh, but uh, the one thing I learnt last night and I need to bring it in, uh, I was at the uh, writing meeting and it turns out the, the biggest selling genre within erotica is gay erotica, two males uh, in in the romance setting. So I'm look, and apparently people are mm. making an absolute fortune in yeah. writing this stuff, mainly women. But what amazed me the most was that this gay erotica, male and male, written by women, and it's written by women for women. Well, I just fell off the chair there last night. I thought, have I been really living or what? I've been out in the country for so long, I didn't even know any of this was going on. Ladies, why do you think um, short erotica for women by women is is killing it? I don't really know. but it, it... I have no idea. I know that it's really popular. I know a lot of women love gay, as in may, male yep. gay, erotic books. It's very popular and not a lot of people write it as well. <clears throat> So you've got a handful of writers um, who are doing this. And also you've got your erotic writers, your romance erotic writers, who have your threesomes where it's two men. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember how it works. So it's you've got the MFM, then which is the, so basically the two men and one woman. Yes. But then if you do it MMF, which means you will have the two yep, men yep. together Stop. as well as with the woman. So if you look at the um, stuff, that's, that's the categories. That's the categories. No, no, but you need to know that when you're looking, when you're looking at the books, because it does let yeah. you know All before right. you we've, buy we've it, so you know what you're problem getting. Here, in that my daughter edits these things, and I've got to get her to put this podcast out for us. So I'm glad we've gone to audio only today, everybody, because we couldn't oh. get the Skype to work. And I'm thinking there is there is a god after all. <laughs> so look, I do think but I do think that. I do think having this conversation and and just exploring the boundaries is a very interesting one and there are lots of people who are out there and sensual fiction as as opposed to erotica and what what people want in a story I guess they're questions that we all need to address as writers and I'm as I said I I think this novella writing is a wonderful wonderful opportunity for authors to get their work out there and I'll certainly be exploring it further how far I go beyond the bedroom door is absolutely beyond me because I I I don't think I know enough and um I certainly haven't experienced enough to to be able to write about this with authority um, and I'm too old to go and practice now um now I have I'm going to I look there were so many um, lines that I could have picked up there and I I held myself together very very well so I'm proud of myself um Tracy if you could I think the word is PM me later with all those names that you and your husband banter backwards and forwards the fact that oh, there's I'll a send list you the of screenshot it was great it's just a crack up I thought oh gosh I've never had so much fun in my life <laughs> you send that right, to me I want to have a look at that I want you muscling in on my market girls come on <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
There is. I will be having another podcast with a lady who does write this stuff. I, I got her name last night and I'll be inviting her on. Uh, writes, I think she's up to 36 books already and she started 18 months or two years ago and she's really churning these things out and is being very, very successful. I think, Tracy, you said that not a lot of people are writing it. I think you'd be surprised. I think there are a lot more people writing it than we know. And obviously from your <laughs> Facebook group there are a lot more people reading it than we know but I for one aren't going to walk, I'm not going to walk into school next week and say excuse me who reads erotica I'm doing a research I'm doing a I'm doing a survey I'm thinking no because <laughs> some of my students might put their hand up uh, but right we we have been talking for 45 minutes I think the whole idea of novella writing I'll, I'll put my notes up on um, the website because we're not going to get any of it out here now I can tell you because we've completely lost what we were talking about um, but <laughs> hey, I think the perils, pleasures your, uh, and pitfalls is a great podcast. title but I did yeah. well no it is a great but writing it short because I have to say about my books are about 20,000 well. words but they're bundled so they're three short stories because I just couldn't abide putting out the thing so it does still tie in um, they're, they're quicker to write so I think it still ties in with your topic. Yeah. Actually, one of the guys, I actually re met someone up at um, RWA and he writes under a female pen name and writes um, erotic romance and he does that. All his uh, stories are quite short and then yeah. he bundles well. them. Yeah. I thought it was actually really good. I think that's what – I think just to get one book, like the 10,000 words is really hard, but when you get a bundle of them, that's just great. Yeah. Then you and can as sort an of, author, you, you know, still have get to through them and just enjoy you them. You still have to pay for editing. You still have to – you've got yep. all that expense. So to – And formatting. Me, who, who – would you really – who edits this stuff? Uh, I, I have paid an, my editor. I didn't want to and I've toyed with sticking it out there, but, oh, God, I've read some crap with terrible punctuation and – and she really improves my writing. So I have forked over, but I have made my own covers. I have to say I, I didn't pay for them because it was just like, oh, this is just a trial. don't want to spend $1,000. My fifth book will be out uh, in three weeks for Lola. That, that was a lot of money if I was paying everybody to do everything. I do my own formatting, so I, I have those skills, but I have paid an editor. Yeah, and, and again, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, and I did have a very tame conversation about setting coming up at the end of this, but I'm not going to have setting now that we're talking about Rodica. I'm, and I was going to talk about tropical islands, but I don't even know where that's oh, going to take Oh, you should read it, a Lola so. book. There's an island in there. <laughs> <laughs> One of your Tracy ones has got a oh, nice tropical yeah. island as you know, well. Potential, potential, potential. Uh, the reason we're having this podcast is because we're about to release our box set coming up into Christmas and there'll be more about that, I'm sure, as we progress. I am going to talk to some of the other people in our box set and learn a little bit more about other authors, but I'm certainly not going to have the conversation that we had today because I don't know them. And <laughs> I think, you know, you've got to have a special relationship with someone if you're going to talk about, um, <laughs> I guess, sensual, sensual no novel writing. Um, but I certainly right. will put out a blog post because if I'm interested, there's got to be other people interested out there. We know that the romance genre is a top-selling genre and it does go from the suite right through to I've got no idea where it goes through to and I'm not going to ask. Um, but... <laughs> Please, please keep in mind that writing short is a valid form of writing. It's a way of building up a, a backlog of books. It's a way of having – you don't call it a backlog. What do you call it? Building up a what? Back catalog? Backlist. Backlist, yeah. Backlist. Yep. Backlist. Yeah, you've, I've lost yeah. my brain. 
But I think also as a writer, just understanding that, you know, if anyone who's, a potent, you know, looking to write a novella or short story, it's the same amount of work. You can't just go, oh, it's less words, it's easy. It's not. You still, And the thing is you want the reader to enjoy yeah. it as well. You've still got to put lots of effort and work into it. So I know that because you've got people who are readers and writers listening to your podcast, Mel. So I think, you know, I think this is all valid advice that, you know, I would have liked to have known before I started writing is that it's same amount of work. You still got to have, especially with your romance, delving into the hero and heroine, having them still having you know, issues to resolve and still having a black moment. Yeah, Not and, easy and to do that. One of the things that I've found in, because I've strung the three together now, is going back mm. and giving giving the characters mm. the black moments, giving them the moments of doubt, um, seeing that change. And in in my online course that I'm teaching with my, my teen writers, encouraging um, the kids to plot out that, I guess, that internal journey of, of their hero and making sure that they fail more times than they succeed um, because that's that has your reader rooting for you, has your reader um, encouraging you to succeed at that very yep. end point. So without that journey, there is no story in whatever genre you, you write. There must be that sort yeah. of character arc. Otherwise, why read it? Um, I do some uh, judging for Romance Writers of Australia and I read this story... Um, I actually only read the synopsis and it was lovely and I wrote back to the reader I said this is very nice but why should I read it because there's no conflict there's no, nothing for them to resolve you know the hero and heroine can't change each other and help them grow and, and help develop their character arc so yeah lovely story but why should I read it and I think that's you need to look back at every story you write whether it's 5,000, 20,000, 50,000 or even 100 why should the reader read this? What's so good about it? Why should they hand over their money to get your book? And why should yeah. they read it? Which is, you know, time is still precious. Um, I am going to wrap it up now. Guys, thank you very, very much for being yeah. such good sports. Uh, those questions that Joanne just fired at us, I will put up there so that we can all tick them off with our own writing. I'm certainly going to tick them off before I hand my novella over for this box set for the Christmas series um, because I'm... I'm actually, only got a actually few not going to I've decided you're not getting it. I'm just, I'm just too mortified. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe she's not getting mine. <laughs> yeah, but everybody, um, I hope you learned something today. Uh, you certainly um, go back and read these ladies' work and you'll be able to chart the progress of a story. The best way to learn to write is to read, uh, see how other writers do it. I've sat down with probably 20 or 30 romance novels scattered around me as I, as I edit my little trilogy, seeing how they start chapters, how they end chapters, how much dialogue is in a chapter. And I can remember doing that right back from the very early days and it was advice from people like Valerie Parve, who were the gurus back in those days uh, of how to, to plot out a novel and make sure you've got all the components that are necessary, dialogue, um, excitement, emotional conflict, and you use different coloured textures. I don't know how you do that on a computer. Oh, you can still do it. But her books are still around and they're still valid. I've got, yeah, I've actually so, got two of them. So they're look, excellent. listen to us. We're now the experts because we've got the microphone. <laughs> uh, and if you don't like our books, can you not tell us? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you, Joanne. And thank you, Tracy. You've been wonderful today. Yeah. And thank Tracy, you. I Thanks do for having apologize us on board. For, 
um, making you brush your hair and then not, not letting all our audience see it. Oh, that's all right. I will forgive you because I had fun. <laughs> yeah, and if you see your Lola book spike, because I've just gone and bought them all and sold half my audience. Uh, all right, and so I apologise we'll... for that too then. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, so guys, I'm going to turn off the record button. Please don't hang up um, because we need this thing to upload. So thank you from Rider on the Road. Uh, please make sure that you... Uh, leave a review on iTunes, although probably not for this episode because I'll get in trouble for being such a prude. Um, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from my beautiful guest.